This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. Let's go! And you're listening to That's the Ticket with Hannah Mooney. Um, conveniently, I'm Hannah Mooney. And as per usual, I'm stoked to be uh, diving into the local arts scene and talking cool creative happenings in Kirikiriroa and beyond. Now, similar to last week's episode... I'm absolutely stoked to be back in the Free FM studio. Still seems cool, you know, after months of Zoom shows. And uh, to have a guest who isn't on Zoom. I have an actual person in the studio today. And I'm very pleased to welcome local creative Tony Garson back to That's the Ticket and um, on to today's episode. Kia ora, mate. Kia ora. Thanks for having me. Mate, the uh, pleasure is all mine. But uh, how's it going? Ketipe hikwe. Uh, uh, it's going really well at the moment now that we're, you know, out of lockdown, back out into the world again. We can have rehearsals, <laughs> theatres back up. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a time. I tell you, it's a grand old time. Yeah, it feels like it's gone very zero to 100. Like, very quickly, yes. It's, it's insane. Yeah, it's like, okay, it's back. Now six things are on sale. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, rushing it all the tickets. Yeah, I mean... So far, things have been going well, at least in my neck of the woods. You're, the, the show that you are currently directing for next year, it went, uh, sales went live yesterday, so the 22nd of November, and um, I hear that you've already sold like 50%. Yeah, well, we've sold pretty close to selling out our closing night already, wow. um, which is amazing. And... I mean, it's a huge boost for all of the kids in the show as well to know, hey, tickets have been on sale for a day and closing night is already almost sold. Like, it's insane. Um, It's bananas in a positive way. Um, I'm going to circle back because I, like, we started talking about the show and haven't actually (laughs) said what the show is. Um, Sale five. But uh, so, Tony, you're directing Beauty and the Beast Jr., correct? Correct, yes. I might imagine if it wasn't. How awkward would that <laughs> You're be? like, nah, it's um, Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> Close. <laughs> Close, but not quite. Um, so you're directing it for Hamilton Musical Theatre? Yes, yes yeah, I yeah. am. So this will be my fourth junior show for Hamilton Musical Theatre, which is pretty exciting. Four, and have you, has it just been every year consecutively? No, no, no? I didn't do um, this year's one, which was Alice in Wonderland Junior. Okay. So I didn't do that, but I've done um, the previous three and then obviously this one, which has been incredible. I love doing the junior shows so much. I mean, I was going to say, you must if you're back for round number four. It must be, know? right? <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess there's there's always something um, cool about working with uh, the Rangatahi and our creative community. Absolutely. Because they're, they're always just so like... 
if, if you want to see work ethic, <laughs> you look towards these guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've done a few stories and more uh, shows in my time, and the um, young people involved in those, they're so dedicated and they're so good. If you want to see how fast someone can learn lines, do a show with a young person. <laughs> Definitely. That like, is... That's what I aspire to be able to do. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, I mean, also it always makes me feel old. Makes me feel inadequate, but, like, in a really positive way. Like, yeah. I'm just like, oh, man, you guys are so talented. I wish I was at your level, which, you know, I mean, everyone's talented in different ways, and these kids just have all of it. Just every single bit of talent goes to these guys. And so when did... So it's on. It's running in January. Um, I've got the dates here: eighteenth to twenty second of January, twenty twenty two. You've got eleven a.m. shows, two p.m. shows daily, and there is one seven p.m. on the final night. It's two seven p.m. Two. The oh. Friday night and the Saturday night. Oh my gosh! Thank goodness you're here. I know. What would you do without me? I mean, you're the. I mean, you're the best person to uh, talk about the show. <laughs> I imagine as a person directing it. But okay, so you're the season's running in January. So that means did you guys start rehearsing in like level three? So we were meant to start rehearsing in early September. We were meant to have our auditions early September and then start rehearsing then. But then we went into our second lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um so that all got pushed out to late September and then we had to start with like online rehearsals and that was a new challenge because no one on the creative team had done online rehearsals or had run them before. So we were all trying to figure this out as we were going along and just trying to, you know, keep the enthusiasm up for the for the kids because I say kids, they're not they're not kids at all. They're young adults. Um, but just trying to keep that up so that they don't feel like that like uncertainty around it. They feel a bit more confident that, you know, we're pushing forward we've still got all of the same sort of expectations Mm. around them and just because we're in lockdown doesn't mean you can't learn your lines i mean it's the age-old kind of saying now that we've had a few lockdowns is that plenty of time to learn your lines guys (laughs) yeah absolutely definitely okay zoom rehearsals i mean i've talked to a few different people especially while i was doing that's the ticket over um lockdown about zoom rehearsals I've never had to participate or facilitate anything like that. And so I'm always really interested in, like, is it really hard? I mean, once you get into the swing of things, you kind of find a flow that works for you and your cast. Mm. Um, Something that we couldn't do at all was do any ensemble singing because of the delays. Oh, Um, yes. Oh, my gosh. And the internet connections. You just could never get it in time. We had to do a test to see what everyone's connection was like. We got them to clap at the same time. (laughs) And there was like a seven-second delay between the first and the last clap. Wow. And we were like... How about we just focus on the solos? Yeah, let's just do that. Oh, my gosh. Um, so that's how we sort of tackled those musical rehearsals was we focused on solos. And then once we were able to go more face-to-face, we did a bit more ensemble stuff. Um, with the choreography rehearsals, our amazing choreographer, Tess, had to film everything in specific sections. And then the kids were told, you know, what section they had to learn and then we all sort of got together and worked on it on Zoom, which was oh, which presented its own challenges, but worked quite well. And then when we got to face-to-face rehearsals, you could see just how much they worked and how all we had to do really was little fixes, little tidy-ups and just formations. 
which was amazing. Um, and then blocking, we just focused on character work because obviously you can't block a show yeah, on Zoom. In a so, little window. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we just took that time to focus on character work, which was really valuable, actually. It worked really well for us. I mean, Mahi Pie team, like, excellent work. I, I don't know. I say I couldn't do it, but I've never had to try. So, <laughs> you know. And um, I heard uh, on old uh, Backstage with Mel and Mike another awesome arts-related uh, podcast that's uh, broadcast through Free FM that uh, you guys were rehearsing in the car park at Riverley Theatre. Yeah, we were. As soon as we were able to have those um, social get-togethers of up to 25 people in a bubble, mm. um, we had socially distant outdoor rehearsals in the car park. Class where, outside. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> um, it wasn't as hard as we thought that was going to be either, especially with formations and everything. Everything was just spread out quite a lot. Um, and then something that ended up being the real killer was the sun, on our first day, there were no clouds, really nice and sunny, yeah. and we all just got quite burnt, but we learned from there. Um, but yeah, we had a couple of outdoor rehearsals which worked really well, especially for singing and um, for choreo. But as soon as we were able to get back in the theatre, everything was just a thousand times better and easier, and we had aircon. Yep, was nice. big mode. But um, just going to take a moment to say uh, slip, slop, slap, wrap and scan this summer, guys. Scan in yes, and please be do. sun safe, especially if you're uh, rehearsing outside. Yeah, no, that's take, <laughs> like take our lesson that we've learned. <laughs> yeah, this is an educational podcast, guys. <laughs> um, okay, so Beauty and the Beast Junior, it is a musical and uh, I assume the whole junior aspect of it is that your entire cast are, or majority of your cast are young people yeah so our cast are between the ages of 10 to 18 years old um which is i think for junior shows you're allowed to have a bit younger as well mm. but we found to look after the mental health of our mental health of our cast um we sort of need to make sure that they're able to deal with those long rehearsal periods mm. and those long days um so that's why we've sort of restricted it 10 plus for it just because 10 year olds are able to sort of handle a little bit more than anyone a bit younger. Well and I mean especially considering uh, the impact that kind of lockdown and level three and stuff has already had it's kind of a it's a shorter rehearsal time then yeah it's all a bit condensed. It's all (laughs) jam-packed like we've only got three set three or four Saturdays before we finish for the year. Oh man. Um and Last Saturday, we did nine scenes and something like five different choreo numbers all in one day, which was insane. It was way too much work, but these guys handled it so well, kept the energy up and worked so hard. We got through everything. Um, And it's just such an intense time, especially also once we get into January, where we have a week and a half of production week, which is every day, nine till four. Um, It's just like being back at school. It really is. It's like like a full-time job. Yeah, yeah, legit. (laughs) And then you get to show week, which is two shows a day, um, Tuesday to Saturday. It's it's a lot of work, and they just just do it so well. (laughs) I mean, I think, you know... The, the performers kind of high that they'll get on those show days, they won't even realise they're tired until the end of the night, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, that's usually how it goes. And I'm like, I remember that when I used to do um, shows in my youth. Now I'm a bit like, oh, I'm old. <laughs> no. You know, I feel you. I've got that as well. 
Like immediately. <laughs> and so I assume because it's Beauty and the Beast Jr. that it is very similar to, if not exactly the same as the iconic Beauty and the Beast, like, story. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, it's got all the main plot points in there. It is made a bit shorter, so the show itself is about an hour long. Oh, cool. Um, so all the Broadway junior shows, all of them are made to be an hour long mm. um, because it means that your your cast sort of get that time to connect, learn, and have a really good time on stage without having to do a two-and-a-half-hour show. Yeah. Each and day. it's probably better for um, your audiences because yes. it's, you know, aimed at... Um, it's a family show, right? Yeah, it is. It is. So um, it's, it's easy to digest in an hour, you know? And it means that, you know, anyone in the audience who is younger can sort of... Their attention is held full, yeah. full time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And... Um, bleep. Sorry, technical difficulty there, fam. I apologise. <laughs> but no, uh, so we were just talking about Beauty and the Beast Jr. It runs for an hour. And I know you mentioned that your cast are all ages 10 and up, but in terms of um, audiences coming along, is there like an age recommendation? Um, no real age recommendation. I mean, is if your child can comprehend what they see on stage or just find singing and dancing amusing... I mean, then they're the right age to come along and see it. That's really all it is. It's good for anyone who is five to anyone who is 95. Like, it's that sort of show. And this cast is so talented that it's going to captivate literally everyone who comes to see it. I mean, I feel like that's the thing, and I do air quotes um, kid shows, uh, is that I often go and see them as an adult, you know, especially if I if I know people in it, and I'm like, I'm there, not a kid in sight, but I always still always have a blast. Yeah, they're a good time. Yeah, and I feel like I don't know. Sometimes the writing can be quite clever in that there's always something in there for them for the mums and the dads. Oh, definitely. There's yeah. always something. Or the in uncles there. and the aunties, or whatever um, adult family member is there to support you. But uh, Beauty and the Beast Junior is running at Riverley Theatre, 18th to 22nd of January, uh, 2022. There's 11am, 2pm and 7pm shows and tickets are on sale now on iTicket. I will be chucking the uh, link up with the podcast of this episode. Um, Can I ask you about ticket prices? Yes, you it's can. It's a test because I have it written down. <laughs> oh, good. Love a good test. No, but it's actually, uh, it's it's pretty affordable, I would say. $15 um, child tickets, 12 and under, and then 20 bucks um, for anyone else for the matinees, and then 25 uh, for anyone else for the evening. So, you know. You answered your question yourself. I answered my question myself. <laughs> Um, but now I'm going to uh, take the pressure off myself and break for a song because uh, Tony's been an absolute G and uh, bought a song recommendation to the show. That I did. Um, Uptown Funk, Mark Ronson featuring Bruno Mars. Do I, Can I ask why this song? Is, is, there like, is there a story behind this or do you just think it's a bop? It's just a banger. Like that that's pretty much what it is. And I know the lyrics and I don't know many lyrics to a lot of songs that aren't musicals. Okay. Um, so it's just one of those ones. Right. Tony's going to do a live performance. <laughs> Lock <laughs> <No>. your ears. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. Um, she didn't sign up for that. But uh, 
Here's Uptown Funk, fam.
is how I like to start my um, Tuesday afternoon, to be honest. It's a banger, I told I you. I honestly have not listened to that song since it, like, came out. Because, I mean, would we call it old? How many years ago did it come out? Um, I don't want to think of it as old. Yeah, I know. That, this is the thing. Because when I was, like, making the playlist for today, I'm like, I'm telling Funk, I haven't heard this for ages. But then I also feel like it, like, came out last week. So it's very difficult to navigate. I was still teaching drama in Te Aroha when this came out, and that was a very long time ago. So, oh, I'm sorry, Tony. I've just made Tony have like an age crisis on That's the Ticket. Gotta keep it exciting. (laughs) But no, you're listening to That's the Ticket with Hannah Mooney and a special guest for today's episode, the 71st episode, if I might add. Yeah, uh, Tony Garson is guest number 71. (laughs) Yes, snaps for me. I'm glad we snapped. If you hadn't have joined in, it would have been weird. It would have been awkward. I would have had to leave. Um, yeah, and then I would have just had to do the rest of the show and sing uh, songs from Beauty and the Beast Jr. by myself. Absolutely, and I would be listening on the way home. Do you have a favourite song from the show? Ooh, I, I really like the mob song. Okay. Um, it's just something that's really entertaining it's really punchy and it's full of energy it's Um, very dramatic it's very dramatic and i like to think of myself as a dramatic person so (laughs) there's that and i also love gaston honestly give me a villain song and that's the one that i like oh yeah that's a classic i'm like i don't know why but you have a be our guest vibe Thank you. Like, I don't know if that's a compliment, <laughs> but I just, you know, in terms of classic, but I'm glad you picked Gaston because I wouldn't have um, assumed that for you. So I appreciate the surprise. I think that's quite a positive thing. You don't see me as a villain, which makes me feel better about myself <laughs> and my choices in life. Okay, here we go. Positive circle <laughs> on the show. But no, um, back to Beauty and the Beast Junior, which is uh, opening at Reveille Theatre in January 2022. Trippy that we're already promoing stuff in 2022. I feel like we haven't... Pr- I was going to say we haven't probably lived through 2021, but it's probably best that we start to leave that behind. Yeah, us. let's just leave it behind and get into the next year where um, live arts can happen. But yes. um, So Beauty and the Beast Junior, you've got a uh, cast of talented young people. And um, who have you got on your team, aside from yourself as director? So I like to think of us as the dream team. Um, oh, big call. Big call, I know. So we've got an incredible producer, Karen Langley, um, who's just the most lovely person that I think I've met. Um, and then we also have Jonty Clemo as our musical director, and he's new to Hamilton. He um, has just moved here this year from Tauranga, mm. where he's done... He was Fiero and Wicked, that Tauranga Musical Theatre did up there, and that was phenomenal. Nice. He's just an, an incredibly talented dude. Um, and our choreographer is Tess Benzeman, and mm. I've worked with Tess a lot of times, and I love her. She's just such a talented choreographer, works really well with young people. I just couldn't do this show without her in particular. Like, uh, has she done any other um, junior shows with you? She has. Um, we did... Our first show together in Hamilton was Aladdin Junior back in 2017, 2018. Mm-hmm. And then we did Annie Junior together as well. And so this okay. will be our third show together. Right. So were those your first two junior shows? Yes, they were. Okay. And then this is number four. What was number three? I'm trying to remember. Number three was Madagascar Junior. That's right. Yep. Yeah, which was 
2020's um, junior show. No, 2019. 2019's junior show. Last year, no, it was 2020. It was 2020. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry, oh, Tony. Dates. <laughs> Time. <laughs> it's too hard. Okay, so a bit of a mix there. Yeah, I think I'm just, like I said before, I'm just a big fan of working with young people. I think it's so important that they get great experiences in theatre so that they continue to do it um, as adults. Yeah, it's the, that next-gen vibe is important, so important now more than ever, I think. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and they're just so talented that you kind of want to help nurture that and work with them to keep improving so that, you know, when they see a show that they've always wanted to do, they have that confidence to go and audition for it and sort of stop working with, you know, the junior age group and feel like they can work with that sort of 19-plus yeah, and also I think it's probably a lot easier going into auditioning for a show where you're like 19 plus when you've already done stuff as opposed to going into it just being like, okay, I'm 21, I haven't done theatre since high school but I want to give this a crack. Yeah, you kind of go into it with a bit more um, show etiquette under yes. your belt and audition knowledge as opposed to you know coming straight from high school Auditioning for high school shows is a lot different to auditioning for community theatre or professional theatre shows. So it kind of just gives you a little bit more practice to do that. Well, and even, yeah, the the audition practice itself, because I assume all everyone in this show would have had to audition, which is a daunting um, prospect as an adult. Auditioning is terrifying. It's, like, I want to say awful, but, I, like, <laughs> it's it's awful in the sense that, like, it's it's a very unique situation. It's very vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. You're putting yourself in front of a panel, singing, dancing, and then reading dialogue. Yeah. And there are lots of people who are really bad at cold reading, like yes. myself. Cannot cold read to save my life. Um, and then there are some people who are naturally good at it, so everyone has those different strengths that... You know, you need your strengths and weaknesses that you need to practice and sort of work on to get better at auditioning. And there's no way to gauge if you've done like a good audition or a bad audition, like obviously unless it goes disastrously wrong. But like, especially like with musical theatre, for example, you go in and then you're like, oh, cool, I just did all the stuff I planned. It was great. And then other times you're like, oh, they asked me to sing another song that I didn't know and so I just winged it. Does that mean that they think I'm up for it, up to it or that they needed to, you know, there's no winning? Yeah. And especially with um, Beauty and the Beast Junior because sometimes you can sort of judge how you're going based on facial reaction from the panel. Hmm. But this time we were all wearing masks all True. the time. So they had nothing to gauge on our reactions. Hmm. Even though I'm fairly straight-faced in all my auditions, like, I don't give anything away, but that's just because of who I am. Yeah. Um, but even so, like, wearing masks, you just can't tell at all what the panel is thinking or what they're sort of, like, whispering to each other either. I mean, it makes whispering to each other harder because you have to, like, slightly whisper project to, like, <laughs> get through the mask, but you don't want to be... Two stage whispery so they can hear you whispering. It's a balancing act, that one. <laughs> um, hey, well, you know, it seems like so far in this process you have uh, learnt how to effectively uh, do many things that you've never done before. 
uh, whether it be socially distant and Zoomed rehearsals or auditions with only half of your face. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And also I've got glasses, so it's kind of like most of my face is covered at that point. It's like you're just like, I'm in a disguise. You just put like a fake moustache on as well. Yeah, like I'm actually Clark Kent. Yeah. That's me. Don't tell everyone, bro. It's it's fine, it's fine. I'll just wear a mask when I leave. Um, But, okay, I'm going to ask you uh, one more question about uh, Beauty and the Beast Junior because there there is some more kind of Tony-related tea that I want to spill on. That's the ticket. Perfect. But um, we've talked about your team, your dream team. Yeah. As you have, like, big called. (laughs) Big called? Yeah, that's a term now. But um, any... uh, notable not notable but is there any I want to ask is there anyone I know on the cast anyone that you know on the cast or potentially um, maybe just um, who have you got so um, for our lead as Belle we have a wonderful actor her name is Gabby Jackson or Gabriella Mm. Jackson but we all call her Gabby Um, she's incredibly talented so good to work with and just sings the songs with such soul and, and, and such musical theatre actor type, but it's just, that sounds really, um, that's incorrect, but <laughs> she just does it so, so well. When we saw her at auditions, we were like, well, we found our bell. Like, Oh, you had the that's it moment? We all had that moment at the same time. Oh, man. Um, which was amazing. And we also have um, Brooklyn Lee as our guest on. Mm-hmm. And Brooklyn picks up everything so quick and he has that Gaston vibe about him as soon as he starts acting. As soon as he starts acting, he's not like Gaston in real life. <laughs> um, he's incredible to work with. Vocals, phenomenal. Um, just so many good things. And we have this guy who I've never worked with before. His name is Moshe and he plays Lumiere. And Oh, yes. Probably the most perfect person to ever be in that role. Like, if we didn't find Moshe, we would have to not put the show on. I mean, I would step in, but, like, it's okay. I mean, no, it's fine. You can step (laughs) in, Hannah. Uh, Except you don't have to because we've got Moshe. Yeah, yeah. And I just think, you know, come and see the show because these kids are amazing, but come also for Moshe's French accent. Okay. it's it's You've got me there. I mean, I can't do accents to save my life. And this, like, these kids just do accents all the time for fun. And I'm like, how do you do this? True. Um, I, I never think about that, actually, with Beauty and the Beast, but of course it makes sense. Um, and just to circle back, I wouldn't step in as uh, Lumiere because if I was in Beauty and the Beast, I think I would be Cogsworth, to be honest. That would be incredible. Like, I, I feel like I just have that vibe. I'd pay to see that. Like, that'd be great. We have a fantastic Cogsworth as well. Her name's River Park. Oh, yeah. she's... I've worked with her before, and she's so good. Yeah, I feel like... Has she done um, some junior shows? Her first junior show was Annie Junior with me, and she was one of the featured orphans, and she was also in Madagascar as one of the the lead penguins. I forget the lead penguin's name, but um, she she was there, and she just is so good. This whole cast, I think this might be one of the strongest casts I've ever worked with youth or adult. Okay, that's a big call. They're just so easy to work with. Like I said, we had nine scenes to do the other day on top of choreo and they just breezed through it like it was nothing. I mean, I 
appreciate that for you. Like I vibe that for you. And um, to any uh, Beauty and the Beast Junior uh, cast members who are listening out there, great work, guys. Yeah, You're setting that bar really high for the rest of us. <laughs> but um, okay, you 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 touched on uh, best cast you've worked on, uh, young or adult. So I wanna I wanna touch on some maybe some previous projects and some future projects. But before we do that, I need to break for a very important segment on that's the ticket. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Rick's Pick. Uh, I have an uncle Rick and uh, he loves listening to music, loves listening to radio and when he found out that I was starting that to the ticket, he's like, cool, I'ma hook you up with a list. Every week we can do Rick's pick and I have every week. And uh, this week I've gone for a song that I hadn't heard before until I chucked it on this playlist because I sometimes I have a sneaky listen to it before I play it and then sometimes I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's always fun uh, listening to a song I don't know live on air for the first time. But uh, I didn't do that this week. I had a cheeky listen uh, when I was putting the playlist together. But uh, this is a song by The Cars. It's called uh, You Are The Girl and I just thought it was a nice vibe. So uh, this one's for you, Uncle Rick.
are the girl by the cars this week's uh, Rick's pick. Not bad. I vibe that. Very 80s, which uh, is always the ticket with uh, Hannah Mooney. Um, see thing. what I did there? This is uh, the name of the show. I'll oh, see now it's forced applause. Um, Tony Garson <laughs> is here, by the way. And uh, we've just been talking about uh, Beauty and the Beast Junior, which is Tony's um, next project. Yes. I guess because you've low-key got one in between. Well, that's what my spies in the trees tell me. Your spies in the trees are correct. Um, I am stage managing Bold Theatre's Assassins in December, which is very exciting. You're basically stage stage managing Assassins like next week. <laughs> oh, no, two weeks or so. Yeah, I am. It's, so, it's opening on the 10th that of is December. Correct. It's all this time is just merged into one. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I was talking to one of, one of my co-workers today and he was just like, I honestly don't know what day or what time it is <laughs> since, <laughs> like, lockdown, eh? Nah, it's, times and days are not important anymore. <laughs> no, it's just as long as you're there for, um, you know. It's just light and dark at this point, daylight. Yeah, nighttime. And that's how I know when I should be in bed and when I should be doing things. And but then I guess if you're stage managing assassins, you're going to be spending more time in the dark because it's running at the meteor in a black box theater. It's really going to throw this whole system up in the past month. <laughs> but um, is it? Uh, are you looking forward to being back behind the scenes? I am. It's been so long since I've been in a theater in any like creative capacity. Yeah, that I just can't wait until I can just be back in the meteor, like in my happy place, doing theatre, whether that's stage managing, directing, acting, producing, whatever it is. I just look forward to being back in a theatre, like living my best my best life. Yeah, uh, living your best life and hopefully not being seen. If you're the stage manager. Really hoping no one sees me. crouching in the darkness. <laughs> yeah, just hiding in the corner and letting the actors do their thing. And um, I'm just trying to remember. I feel like, did you stage manage? There was something you did at the Meteor this year. I feel like I saw you. Was it Big Fish? Oh, yeah. I did stage manage Big Fish. Yeah. Was that this year? It feels like last I know, it's, year. Yeah. <laughs> this year was also messed up for me. But, yes, I did stage manage um, Big Fish there. I stage managed there last night because yeah. the original stage manager wasn't able to make that day. Um, so I came to a couple of rehearsals prior and then I was like, yeah, cool. I'll do this. Had to tape comms to my ear for the show and then had to rip that off. Now it's all coming back to me, that pain um, of ripping the comms. Okay. I mean, here's hoping that's not going to happen with Assassins. Nah, it won't happen with Assassins. <laughs> I'll tie my hair up this time. Oh, yeah. There, there we go. Learning. Good plan. Um, there's always a story with you, mate, it seems. <laughs> but um, outside of that, I assume... Is is there anything else in the works so far? I mean, I guess you've got quite a bit on your plate so far. Yeah, well, earlier this year before our second lockdown happened, I was working on five different projects at once. Oh, that sounds real chill, bro. It was super chill. <laughs> I had heaps of time to sleep. Um, but then as like lockdown happened, we mm. started having to postpone or, or cancel a couple of things. So now I'm down to to two current projects, possibly a third for next year. Okay. It's a bit up in the air at the moment, but um, Assassins and Beauty and the Beast, they're sort of my main priorities at the moment. I mean, as someone who kind of knows you, I think it's good that you're only go you only have two at the moment because I feel like in the last few years, you've just been, like, hustling. Yeah, and then just lots of unexpected things just sort of 
happened during that time. <laughs> like last year, ended up having surgery a week before my show opened. Um, and that was that was fun. I think that was the last time I was here. on that's the ticket. Yeah, except we never mentioned it. So now's an appropriate time to mention it. Is that like Tony came on that's the ticket last year? Like she just like you'd not long gotten out of surgery. <laughs> I think I was like six days out. Yes, yeah. and I just remember you sitting here just being like. Oh my god! And I'm like, are you sure you can do that? And you're like, I need, I want to talk about the show. And I'm just like, oh my gosh! But as an actor, no one knew that I was sick when I was on it. Yeah, you, even though I was like, I had a blanket up against my stomach, me hugging it the whole time, just yeah. looking like death. Yeah, I'm happy to say this time, not currently dying. No, um, you've got great shows today though, so that's a mode. They are shining. I'm not, yeah, I'm like I'm not going to try and describe them. On, <laughs> Neither am I. I describe them very poorly. Yeah. Um, okay, and uh, I'm going to spring a question on you. Ooh, okay. Oh, see, usually when I say this, there's two reactions. Tony's reaction, which is just like bring it, and um, the latter is the the fear in the eyes. <laughs> But no, seeing as we've been having a real solid yarn about um, youth productions, Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to ask you advice you would pass on um, to people uh, either wanting to participate in a youth production or stage one. Uh, I think if you're wanting to stage a youth production, you have to have a very particular mindset. And that mindset is that junior shows are important you can't like go ahead with now this is just a kid show you can't go ahead with that mindset because you're going to fail the cast at that point Mm. if you don't go in and attack it the way that you would attack any other adult production um i know plenty of people who kind of suck around that they just think oh no it's just a kid show it doesn't matter it's actually just as important if not to a certain extent more important than Mm. an adult production because these are the theater kids of the future like they're going to be in your next adult productions in a couple of years time and if they don't have a good experience during their junior show why would they come to an adult show Um, so that would be my first thing is that you have to attack it with the right mindset Mm. Um, and also make sure that it's fun if you're trying to stage it if it's not fun and the cast don't enjoy it they're not going to want to put the work in so you have to make sure that it's fun for them i let um some of my leads and some members of my cast and um, sort of add their own bits and pieces to their characters um where they they're they know that they're allowed to ask hey can i try this and i'll say yep we'll try it if it doesn't work you try it if it does work it'll stay in the show mm-hmm. so it kind of gives them a little bit more ownership of their character as well which i think is awesome i mean if it fits within the show then perfect if it doesn't we might use it at a later time um and also just make sure that everyone knows that they're valued whether they're a cast member the producer mm. the costume designer the set designer um or sound sound assistant sound techs they all need to know that what they're doing is valued and appreciated because you couldn't do a show without any of these people um so i'd say those are like my three most important things that's pretty sound advice and i feel like that uh, all corresponds to non-youth productions, to be honest. Yeah, it does. I think it just goes like across the board. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 
it doesn't matter who you're working with if you've got those three things then you're good to go and if you're a cast member um, once you know the direction the director's going with your character, it's really mm. good if you do your own character work at home and try mm. it out. Because at that point, the director's going to say, no, I actually want you to do it like this, or yeah. yes, what you've done is really great, let's keep working on that. So if you do it at home, you kind of understand your character more, you bring more to stage, especially once your script's down. Um, so it also shows how committed you are to the show as well. Well, yeah, and I think it just makes the whole process easier for both sides in the sense yeah. that it gives your director and your castmates and stuff something slash someone to work with. And then it gives you, as you already mentioned, Tony, a, a stronger sense of what you're doing and who you're portraying and how you're portraying. Yeah, it does. And I think that's just, it's really important. And if mm. you start doing that when you, you start in junior shows, you take that work ethic with you beyond that, whether that is in adult shows or your future job or university mm. or whatever you end up doing, you sort of start to build a work ethic from that point, which is invaluable, I think. This this show has been a journey because I feel like <laughs> we've, we've been pretty like loose and laughy and then this now you've just delivered some really sound advice and I'm like, yes. Thank you. I'm Good. glad that my advice is... Uh, of some use. <laughs> no, this this stellar. But um, as we're a, approaching the end of That's the Ticket, I'm just going to break into a segment where I talk heaps. Perfect. Uh, which is called Upcoming Events. Yay! Um, I'm going to start with uh, Beauty and the Beast Junior, naturally, uh, running the 18th to 22nd of January 2022, 11am, 2pm and 7pm shows. Tickets on sale now through iTicket. Um, oh, as I mentioned earlier in the show, but everything I'm about to say will be up with the podcast. So don't worry if you haven't got a pen to write down all these cool creative happenings coming to a kitty kitty or near you. Um, over at Clarence Street, uh, they've got comedian Ursula Carlson scheduled to come through on February 11th and 12th next year. Um, Going to be a hell of a laugh, and I think we all need one, to be honest. Definitely. Um, over at Reveille, you can see slash not see Tony Garson in the shadows, stage managing <laughs> Assassins, uh, Bold Theatre's uh, latest musical, which is running December 10th to 18th. I believe opening night's already sold out, so if you want tickets to that, um, just visit themeteor.co.nz because it's going to be a time. I think it is. It Mike really was is. Mike was telling me about the show on um, last week's episode, and I'm just like, "This is not your usual musical," which is awesome. Um, but yeah, get along to that one if you want to end uh, the year with an interesting musical experience like no other. Um, and then all around Hamilton right now is Boone Festival. So Boone Street Art Festival. Um, a bunch of walls around our beautiful city are getting beautified. Um, it's all digital um, this year in terms that you can engage with it and check out what's happening um, through their Facebook page and slash or visit boonstreetart.co.nz. They've got some really cool videos and kind of got it set up online so you can participate from afar and save social distance. So I highly recommend uh, checking that out. And then uh, last but not least, um, now more than ever, it is a really good time to support the arts and the local venues that you love. 
Um, we've Tony and I have been talking about how great it is to be um, back in level two and able to make live stuff happen, but. Um, a lot of venues have been closed for a long time and there's very, you know, we're nearing the end of the year so it, there isn't that much time to program stuff. So uh, now is a great time to check out the uh, fundraising or support us pages on your fave venues website. Um, some uh, places around town have been uh, selling um, stuff or presenting other ways that you can support the venue. Rivley Theatre, for example, have been selling tea towels, which I have one of. Amazing. They've also just released some drink bottles. That they have. Yeah, which are great if you're actually for rehearsals. You can be like, this is my theatre-themed drink bottle for when I rehearse at the theatre. <laughs> Honestly, the perfect drink bottle for any and all rehearsals. Yeah. And um, the Meteor have uh, buy bricks, so you can buy a brick to go on the outside of uh, the theatre. And they've launched a line of T-shirts, uh, which are quite cool. I have one of those too. So, you know, got to support as many as I can with branded apparel. But um, I've been Hannah Mooney. This has been That's the Ticket. And uh, Tony Garson, thank you for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Thank you for having me. It has been amazing. It's been nice having a yarn with you. Yeah, I'm like, maybe we'll have to do this again sometime. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm sure the opportunity will present itself if you keep, um, you know, making cool creative stuff happen in Hamilton like you have been doing for the past few years. I mean, that's the plan. That's the future plan at this point. <laughs> um, but I'm going to uh, play us out with a track from Adele's recently released 30. Nice. Because it's a bop. Um, but here is uh, Can I Get It? And I'll catch you guys next week. Ka kite. Pave me a path to follow And I'll tread any dangerous road I will beg and I'll steal I will borrow If I can make, if I can make Your heart my home
can I get it right now? Can I get it right now? Episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.